Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? I'm itchy, Pat. You're itchy? I'm so itchy. I am. I went outside for the first time in 18 months. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the city boy got out to the woods this past week, I saw. Did you know there are insects in the woods? There's a lot of insects out in the woods, Jerry. I You, you forget that I live in the woods. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but I'm just like a walking bundle of bug bites. Also, fuck daddy long leg spiders. Those those creepy motherfuckers can all die in a fire. Really? I love them. I think they're great. <laughs> no, they're they're horror incarnate. They keep they, all the other bugs away. Yeah, and, and then they sit on the zipper to your tent for two hours and you can't go to bed because the daddy long legs just hanging out on the zipper to your tent. Jerry, you have basically surrendered your man card multiple times already in this episode. We're only like two <laughs> minutes in, buddy. I don't care. I don't care. I live in a sterilized, it's clean city for a goddamn reason. Jerry's walls are basically like uh, like asylum white right now. <laughs> Jerry basically lives in a clean room is what he's saying. <laughs> bubble boy <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure like jerry's all like he's he's podcasting he's uh he's playing uh uh eve and he's also like uh manufacturing microchips in the same room so <laughs> yeah you need, ster- you need to have sterile conditions to micro- <laughs> there's big money in micro manufacturing microchips uh, yeah i mean yeah there's a big shortage so i'm glad to see you're on that i i will say pat uh what does what did make all the bug bites worth it is first of all hot dogs cooked over an open fire can't beat that dope very good yeah that's and then my girlfriend introduced me to this my mind is blown pat i've been absolutely rocked okay i mean i'm interested to hear what this is you know a s'more right okay yeah did you know you don't need to use a piece of chocolate in that s'more you can instead substitute that piece of chocolate for something else say a reese's peanut butter cup Okay. Oh, I knew, that, knew about this. I can see that about this. Good. A lot it of people is, know about this. It is mind-blowing. It's news to me. Mind-blowing. It was <laughs> It was news to me, and it's like I've started a new chapter in my life, Pat. Like, I'd also like, say, like, it's probably easier to handle, like, peanut butter cups versus, like, chocolate uh, bars, because the chocolate bars are, like, getting all over your fingers and, and stuff. And, and like, you, you put it too close to the fire, and it melts, and yeah, now you right. just have, like, chocolate pudding. But no. Reese's perfectly sized fits perfectly on that graham cracker. And let me just say it is a heaven in your mouth. I am now in my after Reese's s'more chapter of my life. There was the before the Reese's s'more and now we're in the after Reese's s'more. It's it's a new epoch. I, so I have to say uh, over the last uh, two weeks, my brother's my brother's in town and uh he was gonna make s'mores for this this party I was at. He's like, Oh, I'll make s'mores for everybody. I'm like, oh, this is gonna take forever. He's making like s'mores for like 15 people. And he just threw the, the marshmallows on the grill and like mass produced like three dozen s'mores in like under five minutes. And I was very impressed and they were very good. And like honestly, the best s'more is a s'more that you've never had to make yourself it's because true. they're so much better. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend had this conversation that s'mores always taste better when someone else makes them a thousand percent. 
It's like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's like, it's like un- honestly, it's like any food, really. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we shouldn't keep our, our uh, awesome guest waiting in the wings uh, any longer. Pat, you want to introduce him? Yeah. So uh, we Jerry uh, Jerry got us a great guest this week. We have Jordan Isaka back on the show, man. How's it going, man? Hey, Pat. How's it going? I'm really excited to talk about Legacy. I'm excited to uh, talk about experiences getting back into the live Legacy scene. And it's it's been great. Oh, I'm so sorry exciting. to break it to you. We're actually going to do a full hour on Reese's s'mores tonight. <laughs> hey, so. I've got something for you. <laughs> oh, try, try other candy bars. You got down the Reese's part. <laughs> try like a Heath bar. Try like a, if you want to get really crazy with it, there's there's other stuff to go out and try, man. So we we were we were actually talking about that. We were brainstorming yeah. when I when I realized how good the Reese's s'more was. And I was thinking like, you, what about uh, like a crunch bar? I was That'd thinking a texture. Yeah. York, York peppermint patty could either be amazing or <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like it's either this like great mix of like minty and then like smoky campfire or it's like warm toothpaste. <laughs> it's, I think it depends on if you're a, if you're a mint fan, right? If you're I, a do mint mint. Fan. I do love yeah. mint. I do love mint. So that's up next. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that uh that uh great inside track on the uh the s'mores meta, Jordan. <laughs> really appreciate that. <laughs> uh it's been a bit since you were on the cast last year. So 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 remind our listeners uh you know who you are. Uh you know, the monster as some <laughs> Yeah, what are you best known for, Jordan? You know, you so okay. Uh my name's Jordan Isaka. I'm a legacy player from the Northwest. Uh, let's see here. I, uh, I've been playing for about 20 years or so. I've been playing legacy specifically maybe for about, uh, 17 or 18 years. So I, I've been playing a long time. Um, recently I've been known for destroying (laughs) cards or defacing cards or removing the borders from them. You can see my either works of art or absolute hideous monstrosities. Crimes against humanity. Crimes against humanity. <laughs> yeah. You can see my shame and full display on leaving a legacy. And uh, <laughs> and people always ask, you know, there's always going to be a, a somebody who wants to know why I'm doing that. And really it's because I've been playing a long time and there's always been a, a, an idea where, oh, I can just leave the game. I can just sell all my cards. And really, the game is... <laughs> is this a dead man switch? <laughs> that is so... Jordan, Jordan's, like, Jordan's like the colonist. He's like, he's like the pilgrims. They get off the boat, and he turns around and just lights the ships on fire. He's like, we're going to make this work. We're going to make this work. I'm here to stay. I can't leave. I can't leave. And that's, that's so funny, though, because everybody always tells me, oh, wow, I love the way this looks. Tell me what your process is. Tell me how to do it. And I'm like... It's a curse. If you do it, you're cursed. You're cursed forever. Yeah, and you can't go back. Like once you're once you're all the way in, like once like your collection that you own is white ordered, you can't go back. You can't no. undo the crime. <laughs> and so you either keep on going and it just adds more to the curse, or like, or at some point you just stop and say, I gotta get rid of this BS. Enough I gotta is start enough. again. Enough is enough. <laughs> So it's one. They're both really expensive options. They're both really expensive options. That's hilarious. So I'm totally committed. I'm overcommitted. 
See, I really liked your idea, Jordan. So I took it upon myself. I started, you know, whiteboarding my entire collection. I whiteboarded oh, everything. No. Got about like 95% of the way through my collection. And I decided I didn't really like the whiteboards anymore. So I actually, I've gone back around and I've sharpied the borders <laughs> back into my entire collection. Can't put even tell back. the difference. Put it back. <laughs> just put it back. <laughs> There, where there's a will, there's a way. Yes, sir. <laughs> Certainly there is. I, I remember is. I remember being at some like Star City or GP or something like that. Excuse me. And uh I'm standing looking at the cards and like three or four people keep coming up to the case, uh going like how much is this card? The uh seller telling them, and they're like, What? And, and then the seller going, Yeah, it's Sharpie, and they're like, Oh, and then they walk away. And it was uh, <laughs> And it was uh, it was like it what it what looked to be a uh you know beta underground C oh for like for two hundred and fifty dollars and everyone's like is it collector's edition you're like now now someone just sharpied in a uh, <laughs> sharpied in an unlimited underground C <laughs> you know that's the thing about altars right like sometimes they're really tastefully done I've seen some really bad ones done before mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know and to be honest. Really, the altar is only for the person who's buying the card, right? Yes. It really yeah. only means something to one person. So, could I could I move my whole collection of altars? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there's another psychopath out there. Maybe. You find someone with your exact t- taste. Yeah. So I def- I've had people reach out to me. I've had questions about my playset of uh, uh, Winter Mistress Factories. That mm-hmm. comes up a lot. That comes yeah. up a lot. Your whiteboarded Winter Mistress Factories. That's terrible. But yeah. uh yeah, I mean I hate to break it to our listeners, but uh yeah, if you got your entire deck like altered to have your waifu on every card, you're <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time reselling that. I mean deck. that's a, that's in poor taste for a number of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember there was a playset of there was a power a power set that had a bunch of like my little pony on it? Oh, oh the my like, little pony power, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, okay, no one's ever gonna want that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no one's ever gonna want that. Like, I would never even want that. I mean, I like, I, I respect the power game, right? Awesome. You know, most strongest, most powerful cards in Magic, but not me and not most people. I don't think so. <laughs> oh man, it's true. But so, what what is the process? Just uh, for our listeners, how do you, how do you go about just whiteboarding them? Yeah. So you have to first off, you just really have to have a lot of self anger and self-hate that's the first check and check <laughs> no i mean so it's uh you get some you get masking tape and you kind of have to line off the border of the card and you really just kind of have to go to town it's uh the process is all about just being consistent and being diligent and if the more expensive the card the more time you're going to take yeah. right because if, if you have a really clean line like the dreadnought that i did took a long time but that's, I mean, that's just kind of part of, it's like, it's like if you were to play a miniatures game and you wanted your miniatures to be painted really well, it's like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. right? Not that I do that. Cause you know, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I just got into mini paint to go. Yeah, Jerry, pick up your miniature, show Jordan now. He's look about, look about little elf dude. He's a little, little happy little elf dude. Look how good he is. Is that from 40? Is that from Warhammer? Is that from? Sorry, it's H- from it's from the company that makes Warhammer, but it's their Lord of the Rings. So it's oh, like, it's, okay, yeah, it's like the 40k yeah. rules, but it's Lord of the Rings fig- mm, figures. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't actually, like, I don't actually play the game or anything. Like, I'm not that nerdy. I just, I just like painting. <laughs> it, it's like Pokemon. It's like no one ever actually knew how to play Pokemon. Everyone just collected Pokemon. Oh yeah, no, that's totally like, true. That's, that's totally that, true. That's my relationship with miniatures, which I feel, whether they admit it or not, is also what most 40k players' relationship is with miniatures. It's like they spend thirty thousand hours of their life painting miniatures, and they play like maybe three or four times. Always. <laughs> I always felt like that game was more like how well it's it's a lot like really competitive magic. It's like, ooh, can I lawyer you? Mmm, lawyered. <laughs> you know, or like <laughs> it's like Warhammer, it's like, mmm, lawyer, I know this rule that you don't know. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's good. But people are getting back into uh the stores out there. What's your uh, what's your local game store for everyone? Okay, so my local game store, I guess there's three of them not really fair right local but but for local for legacy is like, like literally can i drive there in one day my, my favorite my favorite local pizza is definitely uno's definitely uno's pizza is my favorite nice little mom and pop shop at the end of my street uno's pizza yeah so there's not really a good game store around me but i mean the, the best ones that ones that offer legacy are going to be card kingdom and and the two uh, Car Kingdom, uh, Mox Sporting House, and Car Kingdom Ballard. Um, so, actually, one, one of the most crazy things happened Monday. There was a legacy event, the first one at Mox Sport or uh, at Car Kingdom in a long time. I think there was like 50 people that showed up for a weekly. That was awesome. And then the, the day directly after, Mox Sporting House Bellevue had an event as well that had about, I think they fired, it was so strange. They fired with about 30 people, but there was also supposed to be a pioneer event that didn't fire at all. So, you know, everybody's showing up for, you know, legacy events. Everybody's showing up for uh, vintage events. If you were to go ahead and say that these formats are dead, well, you're obviously wrong. So <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Excellent. And yeah, that's, it's unfair of me to call them uh, Unos because they are well, well beyond that. Uh, you know, <laughs> Card, Card Kingdom is, uh, you know, one of the top three magic providers in the country. And mm-hmm. honestly, I got to play in their uh, stores when I flew out for GP Seattle. And like, I love their venue and their event staff was great. but they made it right they made it right like hey it's everyone can make mistakes it's how you handle mistakes that's important and they they handled it well but that's either here or there it's it is great uh it is great uh you know tournament area and just yeah yeah awesome place to play magic i mean i'll i'm gonna give five stars to any lgs that has a bar and like panini shop built into this into the store itself that is true. There is a, a shant- I guess you can call it a chandelier. There's multiple chandeliers at Mox Boarding House. What's crazy about it is they've got like these big screen TVs. And when the round gets called, the pairings scroll through on the TV. So oh, wherever cool. you are in the tournament area, yeah. Pat, if you come out to Seattle, you know, let me know. And we can go either play play Legacy at one of these shops or go check it out. I, I promise you it's worth it. It's, it's worth the pilgrimage. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to get back out there. It was a ton of fun. Uh, plus the food's really good. And like, I can't say just how, what a game changer it is having a restaurant like at the event site, like not having to like cross food in and- like I've run across like four lanes of highway <laughs> to get like a McDonald's because it's the only restaurant within like 10 miles mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. struggling to get something in between rounds. 
like having having food on site is a huge plus yep the big the the big elite play is to go to uh to mox ballard uh to go to card kingdom the original card kingdom and to play friday night magic and there's all these little kids running around you're just over at the bar slamming tall boys and then you're playing (laughs) you're playing magic trying to figure out like this little kid beats you and you get really mad you're like oh how that kid beat me oh i'm (laughs) that kid's either really good or i'm on my seventh year (laughs) good times for sure (laughs) definitely definitely now, are you doing uh, commentary again? Because uh, there's also a really great stream set up at that store as well, right? Yeah, less so at uh, Mox uh, Ballard, which is the smaller store. Uh, but uh, they're, they're trying to get uh, streaming back. Actually, I'm signed up for the first opportunity to go and stream. That's going to be on uh, August 2nd. So everybody who's out there listening to tune in and, and watch me, you can hear me talk about magic and get way too excited over a children's card game, but (laughs) it is, it's going to be fantastic. And of course, you know, one of the the most important things that I like is all of the different storylines talking about the players who've been playing for a long time, you know, the decks that they like to play and Mm -hmm. different styles that they have. I mean, I just get excited talking about it with you guys. (laughs) So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be firing up, and then also there should be commentary that fires up at uh, over in Bellevue as well. So those two locations are really gonna start getting, getting going. But that's gonna be happening in, in August. Nice. So, yeah. Sick. Awesome. How about on your side? Is there local game stores firing up? You're gonna have weekly events or something? Or yeah, already back to weekly events. Actually, yep. gaming yep. etc. has been running uh, legacy tournaments every Friday. They've been getting good turnouts, and then yeah, they- ELD is running legacy again. Yep. ELD um, is uh, running legacy. They get they had uh, some great tournaments. They're actually running a trios event. Uh, I know. I think oh. will be taking place the day after this episode comes out. Yes. Uh, it's legacy vintage and modern. Oh, modern. I gotta say, holy modern? shit. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last time they wild. did team trios there, they uh they had they ran out of space in the in the yeah, actual they, tournament center and they opened up a an extra table in the Chinese food restaurant next door. And like <laughs> and like the, the consolation was you get free apps when you play, play there. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty That's dope. And then insane. I think and then we have um great stories, comics, uh, and games. They're uh they're doing like a pilot legacy event down in uh, in, in uh, Oxford. So definitely have a few stores in the area that are getting legacy up and running in. And those are the ones yeah. I know about. There's probably a few more, honestly. Yeah, actually, speaking of uh, for our listeners, you know, around the country, if you're if your LGSs are getting legacy started back up again, yes. definitely feel free to hit us up. You know, we'd love to, we'd love to promote your stores yep. and, you know, let people know where you can play uh, legacy all over the definitely. country. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's streamed or not, like, you know, put, put on the Facebook page, come to us, let us know. We'll uh, we'll shout out the events for sure because it's it's great to see legacy coming back again. Nature is healing. The yeah. nerds are turning <laughs> to the LGSs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are you are you guys playing in the trios event or? No, <laughs> I don't have that. I don't have two friends that play. Honestly, <laughs> uh, the problem I so trios what is great and that and that's what my problem with trios event is i can never find a modern player mm. like the vintage is oh, like the vintage on. is usually fine and legacy of course is easy but i know zero modern players <laughs> i like the well, one don't they don't they hang out at the same store that you hang out at or no you know? we, we chase them out we're like get out of here get out of scram <laughs> <laughs> no okay. it's just 
I don't know. I just, none of, none of my friends really play uh, modern. So the last trios event we played in, I actually got stuck being the modern player. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's so bad. So it's like, I'd rather not play than play as the modern. Wing of a trios <laughs> <event>. <laughs> yeah. when, when you get, when, like, when you're the modern chair and you're really a legacy player, your first play is like, Mmm, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> mm, goblin guide. Right. Wait, wait, Shockland? What is this bullshit? Mmm, yeah. lightning bolt, I guess. <laughs> that was my reaction when I first started playing modern. I'm like, why Why doesn't everyone just play burn in this format? Like, everything yeah. hurts you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but... Yeah, so I mean, I, all the power to him. I hope I, I actually, I don't even hope. I know it's going to be a big success for him. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's an awesome time. But yeah, the the trios events aren't really my thing. I'm more, I'm more for the the purest, the pure legacy. Okay, okay. Main events. Which we, I mean, we do have the LAL Open coming up in August, so that's pretty exciting. Do. Yeah, yeah, August 25th. We have. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it the 25th? I thought it was the 28th. Or 28th. I'm it's a Saturday, whatever that weekend, that, that Saturday is that weekend. Awesome. It's <laughs> like a couple hundred people come out for that. Yeah, I think, I think we're capped right now at 150, but I think Michelle said she might have some flexible room in there. So wow, that's I, I expect to get at least 100 people out there. I would love to see us cap and turn it into a 5K. I'd really, really like to see that happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll see what attendance looks like and stuff. So honestly, um, the limiting factor too is I heard it's. Uh, uh, one of the hardest things now is finding judges. Like uh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of uh, stores and events are having are struggling to find yeah. enough judges. Yeah, to I have some, the the, the uh, Michelle had said like uh, judge judging costs have gone way up, and I I don't have no insight into that. Do you, Jordan? Or you know, I I heard they all kind of like they've got a union now or something like <laughs> oh. that. <laughs> like, they've got like their own thing. I don't know. Okay, it's a well. We'll have to have Brian Koval back on and uh, to talk about that. Uh, Cause I do know there were some big changes to the judge program and then mm -hmm. COVID happened. So mm -hmm. no one really yeah, noticed. Yeah. No one noticed because there weren't any events to go to. So yeah. there weren't any need judges, but yeah, the entire judge program overhaul. We talked about that huh. a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I just don't um, remember like there being details about, you know, like kind of like what it resulted oh, in. You know we, what I mean? Right. I, I mean, we, we talked about like what it, what it was and what the right. change was, but like now we're actually seeing the aftermath, like what it actually means for players. Yeah. Like, yeah the it, magic it, community. It probably Im impacts, you know, the, the price for, for tournament entry or the payouts, right? You know, and so people are going right. to look really critically at, at EV and stuff like that. Um, and that, that's always tough, too, because I know that, like, out of all of the, you know, out of all the players that are worried and concerned about stuff, right, like getting getting your prize, your just dessert for mm -hmm. doing well at a tournament is always has always been kind of a sticking point for a lot of people, too. I, I think less so in the legacy community because yeah. really to some degree we really just want to play and bash heads like that's really yes, what we yes. want to do yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll say that but there are definitely those people who are like oh it's like it's a less than x amount of ev i'm not going definitely and, yeah yeah and it, i i feel that legacy as a whole is transitioning away from that because that uh was how like vintage was too mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then vintage got rare and rare and eventually just like i don't even care about the ev yeah. i just want to play yeah, i just want to play and yeah. like right now i feel there's definitely scales where like on one side it's like the spiky ev legacy competitive players yeah and, you know which i was in a former life and i just i can't do that anymore it's like why yeah. I, don't, I don't pay as close attention to the format anymore just because i just i don't have the time mm -hmm. uh, and then on the <laughs> yeah. other side is like where i've like found myself shifted over to where just like i'm just happy to play the game yeah. at this point yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think i think we are going to start seeing a shift in the legacy player base from you know one side to the other as uh 
you know, just the, the from the, GPs from the trying to crush the trying to spike. So it just happened to be there. Like right? that's, yeah. that's the swing it's going to be. And honestly, like one of those tournament styles is much more, uh, much more fun for me than the other. So I think it's yeah. going in the right direction. First. I, but I, I see the people on the other side and I don't want to be too doom and gloom for them because I was right there with them, you know, like five yeah. four or five years ago, I was a very competitive person who was about like EV and if I'm going to, and it's also because like traveling's expensive, like yeah. hotels and gas. And like, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is going to be a hard thing for, I think a lot of people to, to realize going forward that as we move for to a more grassroots community, we also have to shift our expectations to be such. Well, I think one of the big things that's changing is the, the way that Watsi is handling a lot of the higher level tournaments, right? The pro pro level events, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, I think that they talked about, you know, scaling back the prize payouts for, for being a world champion or for a pro tour champion or something like that. And I, I remember it, it was like, at, at first it was ridiculous, right? Cause you know, there's all these esport events that are paying out, you know, millions of dollars to these, these tournament winners. And if you want a pro tour, you got like 40 grand. Mm-hmm. It's like, you get a little gold star. Like, <laughs> you know, a little gold star for you. You just studied so hard and like, you practiced so much. Like, and I'm you ran like my a deck box. <laughs> yeah. And you ran like, I mean, and okay, fine. You know, 40,000 bucks. That's a lot of money. Right. But it's not mm-hmm. enough where you can be, a, a pro player you know what i right. mean right yeah, i mean when you're comparing it to like if you win the equivalent thing in like league of legends you're walking out of there with five million dollars or yeah. even hearthstone yeah. even hearthstone like uh hearthstone yeah. tournaments are paying out millions of dollars as well yeah. so what was cool is they upscaled it right and then like i think Manguchi won it and he won like a million bucks and everyone's like yeah, Mangu, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I sniped you one time when you were streaming a legacy video, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that actually good good for, for Manguchi, honestly. Yeah, He's no, like seriously. The, the one and only though, like he would like perfect timing where he just like spiked an event. Yeah. Watsy was just like, We're gonna be a pro esport, we're gonna give away a million dollars. And then Watsy did that and like that was a terrible idea. We Dollars. Their first event, yeah. they had like fifty thousand viewers, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's just like uh, bots watching like the event." Like, it you know, they got kind of crushed for doing that, and like the whole like legitimacy into an esport thing never really panned out for Watsy. It, it's so it's so strange though, because like you know, when you watch like Dota, those big Dota events, when they're playing for like thirty million, like they have like I mean, they have like millions and millions of people tune in. Not only because not because people understand the game; that's a super niche game. But people are just they're, they're like inspired by the spectacle of being going from like a basement nerd to a millionaire. Mm. You know what I mean? And so mm. I, I like that idea for magic players to be, you know, I don't know, for us to be kind of rewarded because I think people are coming over from other games and they see how good the game is. Right. But Watsi has always been this penny pinching company that's like, oh, we don't we don't want to give you good card stock. We're going to give you a bad card stuff. <laughs> you know, we're going to use some budget printing. So now you've got two different colors of magic cards. Yeah. Yeah. Like. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true because that's actually how I was introduced to League of Legends was 
my buddies were like, Hey, we're going to go to the bar, the bar and we're going to watch this thing. Like, oh, okay. It's probably like some basketball game or something. I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. get to the bar and there's all, and there's all like my people around and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what's going yeah. on here? My, my people. <laughs> and I find out that the, the bar is like streaming the finals for like some league of legends world tournament. And then there's all these nerds watching like a video game stream on a bar uh, yeah. like projector like projecting mm-hmm. onto the wall mm-hmm. of a bar and like that's how I found out about like what League of Legends was right. and yeah. like could you imagine that like you just walk into a random bar in downtown Seattle or Boston or New York or anywhere and they're just like they're streaming like uh, some legacy cues on the side of the bar <laughs> like that's that's completely unheard of but well yeah. hold on it, okay. it, it was right. it was though back when they used to have when they used to broadcast uh, the world championships of magic on ESPN two. And you can go and watch those replays. You can watch John play Tinker. And I think, I can't remember who's doing commentary, but you're just like, you're just watching this, this game. And you're like, yeah, these guys own, man. It's 20 years later. I'm so into it. (laughs) It's awesome. Wasn't that aired at like 4am on ESPN two though? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. I, think this, I honestly think the bar program gets more viewership than ESPN. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, that was that was before its time, right? That was even before World Series of Poker. That was even before, like, all this other stuff, too. And, and, and I, you know, I always wanted more for Magic. But at the same time, I, I, I'm glad that people are coming into the game. Yeah. Um, I, I wish that Watsi was more willing to give money to pros. Um, but I, I, at least, at least we know it's not going to die. Mm-hmm. At least we know it's just going to be like absolute ape town for a little while when they figure out what they should print and yep. not print ridiculous cards. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think they're doing pretty well so far. Has anyone honestly seen anything from the Dungeons and Dragons set? I feel everyone's still so busy with Modern Horizons 2 that no one's even looked at that set yet. <laughs> I don't know what any of the cards do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jared and I were looking at the spoiler. We're like, we just finished Modern Rises spoilers. What are all these cards? <laughs> Literally yeah. going through the cast, trying to read cards as we go. It did not turn out well. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of the new stuff in the, uh, I haven't really, pull the five O's. I haven't really seen, yeah, I haven't seen any in. Oh, it's live right thing. now? Yeah, it's, it's live. Oh my God. <laughs> I did not know that. The pre release was like last weekend. <laughs> Oh, it's in paper and everything. So yeah, like literally right off, right off Modern Horizons two, uh, dive right in. See, they should not have done that. <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> you know. Okay, so here's my here's my big gripe. I actually really like Corset. I think Corset is amazing, and for all the wrong, like Corset is amazing because I like Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. I would love to just show up and play draft with Corset because. That's like the pure game. That's like, you know, Sarah Angel versus Giant Spider, Giant Growth, Giant Spider. You know what I mean? And so, I, if, yeah, I loved like seventh edition and eighth edition. Yeah. Like those, yeah. Were, those were legit. And I, I love the idea of that type of magic. But I think that like, obviously, Watsy has pushed Corset more, just like they've pushed everything. And I wish they would just kind of bring it back to like the bread and butter, like, okay, you know, here is what green is. Here is mm-hmm. what white is. You know what I mean? 
And so I, I don't know, take a step back, maybe think about something like that. that that'll never happen, but. Yeah, because it doesn't make them as much money as just churning out another like gut buster set because the whales don't really buy corsets like they buy the alternate art modern horizons okay. to <laughs> I got I got your I got your marketing scheme. All right. All right. All right. T- tone down the level, the power level, but print the cards in the old border. We'll buy them. We'll, we'll buy them. <laughs> we'll buy just the entire set. We'll like all, all, yeah, that would actually order, be awesome. Or all, like, all core sets are just naturally old border. For old border or, or old or like they'll have limited edition old border printings. <laughs> People will crack that because the secondary market will be bananas, right? Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how you do it. You, you just more old border cards. I'll buy them all. I'll buy every single one of them. I promise. <laughs> now, now you know what you got to do, Jordan. Now that you've whipped us all into a frenzy, now you got to drop. And also to make it real old school, make them white border. Yep, yep, white yep. border than corsets. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? I what? do remember sixth edition being white border. I think that looked dope. I love that look. <laughs> well, seventh edition foils are some of the most uh, expensive foils because the set was white bordered mm-hmm. and the foils were black bordered and the oh. foils from that set were super super rare interesting okay. okay seventh edition has some artwork that's unique only to seventh edition right and so oh. so if you really want to be a chad you'll <laughs> own a full play set of seventh edition foil lord of atlantis and you are legitimately God. Like you can swim <laughs> water. Like you can breathe underwater, you know? Like it's awesome, you know? So I'm actually big on very, very bizarre uh, printings, right? I got to the point where I've seen the Beta Lotus. I've seen the Alpha Lotus. And those cards are great. You know, they're mm-hmm. worth a lot of money. I've seen them before, though, you know? And to be honest, they don't really get me that. Ex- it's weird. It's weird. You know, the monetary, mm-hmm. the value of a card no longer inspires me specifically because I destroy mine, but, but <laughs> I'm much more interested in the very strange stuff. So just like Jerry was talking about seven edition, uh, seven edition foils, I think mm-hmm. are really cool. There's another card, another type of card that is very obscure. If I told you about it, you'd be like, I didn't even know that existed. I'm really interested in fifth edition simplified Chinese. Okay. I've heard of Simplified Chinese. I didn't know that there was a special one for 5th edition, though. There is a special one for 5th edition. Oh. Artwork the same and stuff? Artwork's the same, uh-huh. but there is a noticeable difference. Okay. There is a noticeable difference. Is it in Chinese? Come on, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jerry. If you were to look up a 5th edition Simplified Chinese card, you would be like, I don't really know what that is. There's some weird stuff going on there. Like what? What's going on? Well, I want you to look it up. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Here we go. All right. All right. They're doing. They're doing their research because I think that part of being a nerd is the idea of like information seeking. You want to know what makes this card so bizarre. What makes these things so strange? Okay. So I'll show you. I'm I looking own- at a Shiv and Dragon right now from Tiff Edition. Fifth edition. Wow. Seven hundred and fifty dollars for a fifth edition Shiv and Dragon. <laughs> Is it simplified Chinese? Yes. Yeah. With mis- it says with misprint too. It's not a misprint. Okay. <laughs> it's not a misprint if they did it intentionally. <laughs> yeah. So do you see the set symbol on that card? Yes. Are there Oh. It's in gold. Well, do right. you see any set symbols for any fifth edition cards? 
Yeah, they're not in gold. That, that, didn't start, that didn't start till when? Was it, it didn't ex- start till Exodus? They shouldn't simplify Chinese. Okay. <laughs> but like, but the first. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's some other stuff too. So it's actually, I never knew that, Jordan, that the very first instance of colored set symbols was in the simplified Chinese fifth edition. That's cool. Because That's- all of the other cards from, so so it had to do with the way that the languages got released to different areas and Ooh, different printings. They made it has Sylvan Library. That, yeah. <laughs> and, cool. and the thing is that that's actually for a white border collector, that's like the grail. So I've got, I've got to get brainstorms and counter spells and all this other huh. stuff that was in fifth edition. Cause I can get set symbols, pyroblast or right. pyroblast, something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's there's some cool. other, other weird stuff. If you look up Russian, 10th edition it'll or russian ninth edition i think it's very strange it, it will be a regular card but mm-hmm. it'll have a black border ah. and the reason why is because so if you think about simple so so black border or what is it a foreign black border right for mm-hmm. revised cards you can get foreign black border duels right that's how right. everybody knows about it right but the thing is that you can actually get foreign black border fourth edition in Japanese and Korean. And so what they did was for the first printing of all of these different languages, if it's in a core set, it actually has a black border. And yeah. so it wasn't until later that Cyrillic came around as a language and that the, the first white bordered set that Cyrillic gets printed in is actually black border. I'm, I'm looking at that. Yeah, I have a ninth edition, right? Grave packs, ninth edition grave pack, black bordered Russian. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I, that so. is the type of thing where you like 99% of the legacy community could just like pass through that in a bulk bin yeah. and not think anything of it. Yeah. And, and like, you have to know that very specific, like little weird fact about magic <laughs> printings in order to know that this is a money card that you should so pick. Weird. Yeah. So uh, that, that is kind of where I, I've, I've gone to the edge, right? The foiled out legacy collection, the black border legacy collection. Uh, I owned it and I thought it was cool. And now I'm into the really bizarre, like, why does that worth anything to anybody? <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's amazing. And that, that to me is almost cooler than like rare signatures. Like people have like the brainstorm signed by Chris Rush, or mm-hmm. I also think that it went for a bunch. It was a unlimited booster box signed by Steve Wozniak, one of the founders oh, of Apple. <laughs> Cause he was, a ma- yeah, he was a magic, he was a magic player and he likes all this collection. And he signed this box of unlimited and it goes for a premium. Cause Steve Wozniak. Had this box. <laughs> like, oh, that's a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think, what's so interesting about people that collect is that there's always going to be you know different levels for you to nerd out at right and the collection is so interesting because it's it's just all about learning about learning about something new and learning about something different as you're you're kind of on this pathway too so yeah it's fun it, it is fun and you know collecting things i think is a root cause why a lot of people get into the game yeah you know <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say something else there but yes yeah yeah. what yeah. <laughs> oh, in, into debt <laughs> <laughs> it's why a lot of us go into debt yeah, yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean that's that's super cool i love i love learning stuff things about that 
All right. And I thought my foreign black border Sylvan Library was cool. Now I now I want one of the white border ones. That's even cooler. <laughs> just no, just white border yours, Pat. But what what language is it? Is it's it? In, it's in Jap. It's actually I have it on my thing right now. It's in Japanese. You probably can't see it, but they they they're, they look great. I just, yeah, uh, I didn't yeah. know it came in white border too. That's funny. Yeah, no, th- definitely. I think you know foreign black border cards. That that is like you know Japanese, Korean, Chinese, any mm-hmm. of the strange like German. Any of the strange languages. I'm also on the foreign white border hunt for all these cards. All my dual lands are See, in the white border. <laughs> you know what this you know what this tells tells me is that white border cards and black border cards, it doesn't matter. None is more intrinsically beautiful than the other. People just like to be contrarians. They want to get whatever's different from what everyone else has. They don't care what it looks like. It could look like shit, but as long as it's different shit from the guy sitting next to you. You're happy. <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree with that. I, I love being a contrarian. I love going against the grain, right? Mm-hmm. When I build my magic deck, I don't want anyone else to copy my 75. It's right. my 75, right? If you want to play my tech because you discovered my deck list, go right ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. But you're playing my deck, not the other way around. <laughs> not the that's, other way around. That's, I remember we, 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 would, we joked at GP Seattle that you didn't have to worry about your deck ever getting stolen because no one wants it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so I was talking to some people. I remember when uh, MH2 came out, I was saying, oh, you know what? There's a new card out there that everyone's going to be buying. They're all going to be buying it up. I'm going to spec I, I haven't actually specced on it yet, but the card is Meek Stone. All right. All your all your audience out there, go buy your Meek Stones. That card is hot. That card is hot right now, man. I'm adding 35 copies to my cart right now. Yeah, Meek Stone, baby. No one's playing it. I played it. It's good. Wow, they the alternate art on these are great. This one looks like it's straight out of seventh edition. Like I didn't I, know uh, they did a, a seventh edition <laughs> alternate art version of this Meekstone card, but oh, it's pretty cool. Oh, guess who owns one of those? Seventh edition oh, yeah? in Japanese, baby. Yeah. Nice. Was it nice. black bordered and then you white bordered it no. again? <laughs> sadly no, sadly no. But yeah. All your listeners, go get Meekstones. That card is gonna be great. Awesome. <laughs> Insane. Hey, I remember when Meekstone used to be legacy playable. That was that was, those are the good old days. Now you can get it off Urza Saga. Oh man, that's true. I always forget about that ability that yeah. uh, Urza Saga tutors, because that's I'm always worried about the the animatron that it, it's pumping out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he just gets to find something. Yeah, that, that card is pretty hot right now. I think it, mm-hmm. it does it does a lot. I don't think it's I don't think it's bannable unless. Painter is able to break it. Mm-hmm. And, well, then, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I just don't think, I mean, it's it's not like, I think Ragavan's, you don't, you don't think Ragavan's too powerful. I think Ragavan's too powerful. That's hmm. No, not at all. I was just going to say, I, I think that uh, Watsi did a really good job of balancing Modern Horizons 2 compared to Modern Horizons 1. Modern Horizons 1 was a shit show. Modern Horizons 2 seems much more manageable and, and well-balanced. From a legacy perspective, not a modern... <laughs> Not a oh, well, like we said, get out of here, modern yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to make the jump to legacy, then we welcome you with open arms. You know, feel free. <laughs> but it, I actually feel bad for players that are trying to get in right now. That is that's a, that's a monumental task. I used to be able to vouch for it. I remember sitting uh, 
talking there there was there's an event on the use of fire thursday and there'd be modern players and standard players and legacy mm-hmm. players all talking together they, they, they would fire these multi-leveled events and i remember talking to some standard players and i said hey you know this is this is doable this is doable you know you can start small and progress your way up you can play all these competitive decks along the way and you don't necessarily have to jump in with both feet and buy you know a four thousand dollar deck right the most mm-hmm. expensive deck at the time might have been like i was like charlotte's bug or something Right. And, and, and so it was doable. It would, it would, you could, you could work your way up there. Now it's like, uh... <laughs> can I just say you know? as, as someone who's trying to buy a house, the parallels are eerily familiar of being landed in real life versus being landed in magic. And like I'm a, I'm a, in real life, I'm not a landowner, but in, in magic, I'm a landowner. And just like, I can see both sides of the coin and it sucks, man. <laughs> so would you ever, so here's a question. Here's a question. Would you ever take a portion of your collection and just de- have it depart and then, you know, convert land to land? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actively trying to do that. I'm, I'm okay. selling things off slowly. So that's the thing is, I, I wouldn't ever like just buy list something, right? Till I get right. the cash because I just can't give up that much value. That's actually yeah. the, the one competitive streak left in me is, uh, is getting, <laughs> getting max value out the of the ROI. Matches. Yeah, gotta yeah. get the ROI. Definitely. Gotta get those ROI. Those are rookie numbers. We gotta pump those numbers up. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm like slowly selling them piecemeal because I just realized that. I only ever play like one or two decks in paper. Why do I have the cards for every single legacy deck in the meta? Yeah. I that, still only play the same decks over and mm-hmm. over. That, that is the real challenge, I think. And I, I think that it, initially it feels so good to own all of it and be able to do whatever you want. But then you start playing decks that you're actively like not very good at because you have to change your mindset. You have to change the way you play. Yeah. And you sit down with it and you're like, yeah, dude, I just... You know, I just bought these lines. Okay, back when I bought lines, I just bought these lines I diamonds for like, you know, 140 bucks. Dude, I got a place set. I'm ready to go. And <laughs> and now it's just like, yo, I just dropped like, you know, like like two months rent on these lines yeah, I diamonds, yeah. man. It's like, oh it's, god. It's hard. It's hard. But you know, I, the argument to get into the format is getting more and more ridiculous. It's like, it's like, it's like trying to tell someone to get into vintage five years ago. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I started playing legacy, like volcanics were like two, you get like a beat up one for like 220, 250, yeah. which yeah. is like pretty reasonable. I just unloaded two like pretty beat uh, UCs for like 505, well, a piece. Also the reason why prices are, <laughs> yeah. are high too, though, is because, it's been around so long and there's so many people like us that are just, we're hoarders. At the end of the day, we are got, we are dragons hoarding, hoarding our treasure. Like I'm selling off cards that I've owned for 15, 20 years yeah. that I've never played. Yeah. I bought them, put them from the, the store case into my playables binder. So in case I ever want to put the deck together, I can. And yeah. it sat there for years. And it's just like, I should get those back out. Like someone can play with this card and enjoy it. And Dude. if more people had that kind of outlook, I don't think we would, we would still see like very high prices just because that's time, but it wouldn't be to the extent that it is. Just to highlight how crazy prices have gone in the last, on cards that like are not really even playable in the big formats. I have a uh, Mistress Factory, a fall one that's in Italian, I think. And uh, I bought it for Legacy Eldrazi like years ago, like four years ago, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. bought it like just because it was like a one of or two of card in that deck. And I probably spent 
five dollars on it, maybe ten bucks for like the cool one, the cool old ones, and they're one hundred and fifty dollars now. And that's not that just just because of old school. They're one hundred and fifty dollars. Well, they're it's legal. In, they're legal in modern now too. Oh, geez. Wow. Well, so that's crazy though. That's crazy. You want to talk about the ultimate RIP? You know, let me let me show you. Okay, so one person did follow me. One person made a bad decision. Okay. It's not me. I made a bad decision. All right. I got to live with it. But my friend made a worse decision. Oh, no. He was known throughout the Northwest as the elves guy. He's the elves guy. And he's been playing magic as long as me. We go back. We go back way back. Um, there was actually one time that he drew and I got ninth at a Star City event. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting no, that's, I, i'm not worried about that i'm not i'm not here to talk about that but you, know, like you want to talk about a little bit <laughs> he's a, but he's a great friend of mine and he played elves and i was at this point you know i was talking about oh leaving the game coming back you know i had a huge collection i downsized it and then i was going to whiteboard of the stuff that I, I ended up with right and so so he was like well you know that's a really good idea what if i never quit what if i whiteboarded my stuff so he whiteboarded his elves deck Ooh. and so and his, his judge foil guys cradles <laughs> no but he had that in foil he had the elves deck oh, wait it was foil. actually no right? no no oh. he had it and then he sold it he oh. had it and then he sold it so he had the the quad judge cradle you know all japanese like it was oh, sick nice. right nice. and then he ended up selling it to get the regular copy right and then he whiteboarded that so it's just like a it's just like this steady hope he doesn't listen to this it's just this steady careening jump off of sanity just like if if you were to think about the the pinnacle of that as being when you're the most sane it's like really sane not that sane not sane at all (laughs) oh man i mean who can predict the way card prices go like we talk about prices now you know for all we know these cards could be twice what they are a year from now because if you ask me Back in the beginning of like uh, well, 2019, before we heard anything about coronavirus or anything mm-hmm. like that, if you told me that legacy cars were going to double, triple, quadruple in price, uh, I would have said you're crazy. We're already we're already coming off a hot streak with card prices going up. Right. There's no right. way this market can keep running. Yeah. And bam, yeah. COVID happens, quarantine prices go through the fucking roof yeah how much of that do you think was like stimulus money getting in people's pockets and how much of it was people like like making Uh, money in the crypto game and trying to like you know uh hide their assets a little bit combination of all those things definitely definitely crypto there's a heavy overlap between crypto investors and magic players yeah and moving money from one location to the other so definitely that i really don't think it was that much stimulus money Mm. i don't think like would just look at the prices like what does twelve hundred dollars actually get you in legacy like two couple of duels yeah like you're not buying a legacy deck no, you're definitely no. not buying a deck, but like it gives like maybe, you, like, maybe you're doing a couple upgrades. I really yeah, don't buy the twelve hundred dollars. What I do think it is is the result just a ton of people with disposable income who don't go to bars anymore, don't go to movies, don't go to restaurants. Hmm. They have all this money that they would have been spending elsewhere that they just have. Then they're like, huh, I'm getting the nostalgia bug. Oh, remember this card game I used to play, you know, 10 years ago. You're seeing a lot pop up in like other avenues too. Like I saw a comedian. I don't, he's like a no name in my, in my opinion. I don't know who he is, but talking about, he buys like graded 
uh, pieces of like graded magic cards, not like power, but like graded magic cards. And he brought it out on like, I don't remember what show it was, but he brought out like a major podcast. He was talking about them to the, to the host and the host was like, oh, this is cool, yada, yada, yada. So like, I think that it's also getting like out more, you know, more and more, it's becoming more common for people to like get, like you said, Jerry, get the collecting bug and collect these pieces of, of artwork yeah. from years ago. I'll tell you something funny. So my friend, uh, do you know who Daniel Duterte is? He yes. won. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He won. He was on your podcast maybe. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. He has been. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Like, you know, great guy. He used to play like Pokemon and magic. And so he was playing when, when, when uh, young Power Mancer was the card to have. He, mm-hmm. he was playing with these first edition Charmanders as his like elemental tokens. And it was like kind of cute and like kind of lame. But he would do that. And now those, if you actually have like nice condition ones of those, they're like $200 a piece. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It's a comet. It's like, it's like if you were to like use like alpha, like alpha lands. Like I don't know what alpha lands go for now, (laughs) but that's what it's like, right? Yeah. So. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia is, nostalgia is just so huge. And it's not just with collectible card games. You're seeing it everywhere. I like, there's big money in it. Do you think that, there's a, I mean, you know, I, we don't have to keep going on this tangent for too long, but do you think that there's a, a breaking point, like a tipping point where the decks become so expensive, like, like they, they play our vintage where like, there's just not a lot of events anymore. Honestly, at this point in time, Watsy could go out of business tomorrow and all these collectible cards would still hold a lot of their value. There would still be grassroots events people would still be doing it. I I'm less concerned about magic as a whole and more just the economy as a whole. I think Mm. a higher likelihood to see a huge decrease in magic card prices would be closer tied to the economy in general. Hmm. And if we see a massive downturn in the economy, people are all of a sudden going to have to start selling cards to make rents. That's going to have a huge influx. Prices are going to start coming down. Mm -hmm. So I that's my point of view. Like I'm, not, I don't even think it's gonna even tied to what Wizards does anymore. Um, you know, even no matter how dumb Wizards gets and how far they go, you know, these old cards are are still going to hold value mm-hmm. as long as there are people with disposable income to spend it on yeah. magic cards. What I, what I just mean, like, do you think that like because people now are are reticent, or I should say, like a year and a half ago, are reticent to go and enter in vintage tournaments because the decks are just so expensive. Like you're carrying around. 50 60 70 thousand oh, dollars in cards yeah. i mean know? you're you're talking about like magic as a game versus like magic i mean like yeah like pay, yeah. i should say i mean like paper events do you think that like that's gonna I, affect attendance I, at paper events oh 100 how can yeah. it not like right. i guarantee you if it wasn't for the price you know legacy tournaments would have you know two, two to three times the number of players yeah but well to be fair i mean we're talking about legacy events where people are i mean like large turnouts for events like you're talking about capping at a 5k event. and even though the, you know the events are i don't know a hundred dollar entry or something like that 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 could be steep for newer players mm-hmm. for somebody who owns a five thousand dollar deck 100 bucks yeah let's play. right yeah you know, what I, mean? yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean i remember you know before all the the crazy uh, price uh spikes sitting in like eternal weekends and hanging out and like someone puts up the question we like we look around not only are there thousands of legacy players each with you know multi-thousand dollar legacy decks there's also all these vendors mm-hmm. with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of card yeah. board. and yeah. you know a friend saying it's like if a meteor hit this uh, event site <laughs> right now and wiped us off the planet what would what do you think that would do to just like the game as a whole and it's just right. like like that that's crazy to think yeah. about like, that would be a huge percentage of 
the car available car just wiped out yeah. in an instant. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like thing, things could happen. There could be like a fire at an event or uh, you know, what have you. Don't say it, Jerry. Yeah, don't say it. Don't, don't, don't yeah. Some watch it happens. Watch I'm, I'm good. Listen, I'm good. Here's here's the real horror story. Some psycho could come in and start whiteboarding people's cars and they don't know it at an event. Imagine that. Imagine that tragedy. <laughs> I'm on, I'm honestly surprised actually Pat, I, where I thought you were going with this. I'm surprised we haven't seen uh like a, a bank robbery style heist. Dude, I've tournament. thought I've thought about that before because I remember going to I remember going I'm not going to say which GP, but a friend of ours went strapped to an event because he's like carrying a significant and like like for his own protection, like walking from where we're staying clear, to the to be venue. Clear, like he's 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 legally licensed. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, this is not, okay. yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not like he just like right, like, no, like no, no, no. He's like he's an ex he's an ex police right, right, officer. But, and, well, <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is just like I never really thought of it like that. But like no, like if you're carrying a backpack yeah. full of stuff, and you're looking to vend, or you're looking to like say sell off a good chunk of your collection and buy a list, that so you could be carrying. Ten thousand dollars worth of stuff in your backpack. You know what I mean? And like it, it's and like, that's about, not like, inconceivable. Would you, would you, yeah. Would you just walk around a major event like that with ten thousand dollars in hundred dollar bills, like wadded up in a rubber rubber band in, in your a pocket? Back, in right. a back, it, it, yeah, exactly. In, in a so, backpack slung off your shoulder. It's like right. if you're comfortable with that, that's what you're essentially doing yeah. with your magic so. Deck. So it, it's just funny that they just kind of put in perspective, like because I hadn't really thought of it like that before. Man, there's like a lot of money in this room right now, and like yeah, it's. It could certainly happen. I mean, there's not, there's no security at these events. Like, honestly, yeah. like it's like, it's like, yeah, the pimply, the pimply, like high schooler who's like making $5. Yeah, an and then you have octogenarians checking in people, like checking people's bags the way in. Like there's no, no one stopping anybody there, honestly. Yeah. Like, but you know, I think, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it'd be, it'd be pretty wild, but thankfully that stuff doesn't happen. You know, we, we live in a pretty great community, but. Yeah. Um, moral of the story is it, it, it is going to reach a tipping point where it's just like, it's not going to be tenable. Like I can see people not wanting to play in events because they don't actually want to take their deck to the event. And right. for everyone who is like, well, I would, it's like, that's great. We're, we're, we appreciate you coming, but there's 10 other people who aren't coming because yeah. it's too expensive. Right. Unless, unless, <laughs> unless, unless, <laughs> Are, do you think that Wizards will ever break the reserve list? I don't think we've ever, ever oh. asked that question. Do you think they'd ever reprint stuff? Maybe uh, do a whiteboard or something? It's the dying g- grasp. Like, that's how, like, we joke about Watsi jumping the shark. Reprinting the reserve list. Dude, the how they have already the jumped list. the shark. They fucked the shark. That's why, that's why, I'm, pro, that's like, why I'm pro re- reprinting the reserve list. Because I'm like, yeah. listen, Watsi, you're too far gone. Just take the last final breath and yeah. you know, give us some cheap dual lands so we can yeah. play tournaments. I don't, they don't even need to be cheap. Even if they were 250 bucks a piece. Like, even if we have affordable. the value. Give us affordable dual lands. Right. You, know, right. you know what's so funny is that the people that want those things to get reprinted, have like a good portion to lose. Like yeah. you have a everybody on this call, everybody listening to this cast is like they have legitimately reasons why they shouldn't want that to happen, and mm-hmm. they all want it to happen. Yeah, they all want it to happen. They yeah. all want Watsy to go ahead and say, you know, because because it's not because of the value that you have; it's it's because of the love of the game. Yes, you do it for yes. the love. That's yes. why. And right? and like we said, it's going to be a dwindling format, and and, and it's listen, it's 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 lived beyond my expectations from when I first entered legacy. I was really afraid that it would be, it would die like quickly after I got in, but like it has, it has persisted through uh, a lot of challenges through star city. Think about what legacy's persisted through star city is going away. 
right? The GP system essentially going away, right? Um, you lost a year and a half to COVID of, of all paper events for, for, from, for legacy, none, yeah. zero, right? There hasn't been a high legacy paper, like streamed legacy tournament since GP Reed Duke, which was back in 2019, maybe. Oh, is that where they only covered Reed Duke? Yes. Yeah. But that was the last legacy event that Watsy covered, in, like stream. I think that was 2018. Yeah, I, mean, I think likes, you're right. I believe it was 2018. I so, you all cast him to Torah. Oh, so, come on, come so, on. So, so you know, it legacy has survived all those hurdles. Plus, like not you know not to mention like War of the Spark and Modern Horizons and all this stuff that they've that Watsy's done. So like beyond like the business side of it. The creative side of it, they've thrown a bunch of roadblocks and a bunch of speed bumps, and Legacy has 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 survived through that. So I think it speaks to the format in that, like, listen, people really love the format. They are very passionate about it. Jerry and I are passionate about it so much that we've been talking about Legacy when we haven't seen each other in like a year and a like solid year and a half. I'll be honest, the- a lot of those a lot of those episodes are rough, guys. Like yeah, they're not. They're not it's not going to be our golden year because yeah. there just wasn't much to talk about. No, no. it's like, <laughs> oh, what's the challenge this week? Like, right? You know, so yeah, yeah. But, but we're um, still here. Like yeah. seven, seven years. Like people were saying, legacy was going to die when we started this podcast seven years ago, right? And it's still going. Wait a second, really? Did they really think like? Oh yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. People have been complaining about dual land prices since dual lands hit a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, I just and, and it. I, I, listen, why does anybody do anything, right? You do it because you like it. You do it because yeah. you love it, right? Yeah. And it, and it, I think when people come over and they see how fun the game is and see how interesting and interactive it is. They realize that, like, this is it. This is the true game. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is the old, I, I think this is the ultimate and it stands the test of time. There are very few games that can do it. You know, there are very few games where you can literally say, I played the pure version of that mm-hmm. and magic specifically. I would say specifically legacy is magic in its purest form. Man, I could Pure. not agree. I could not agree more. And I've played zero vintage, but I just know the amount of interaction you have. Like the fact that like you really don't have to pay to win in legacy. Like even like the, you know, oh, well, less so now because like the most expensive decks are, can be a little bit better than like a budget deck, but like even burn can take down like a, a legit tournament. You know what I mean? You don't see taxes. that. In, yeah. 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 That, great example. Excellent example. Yeah, and you don't see that in vintage. Like you kind of have to run some parts of the power nine to, to win in those tournaments, and just yeah. that alone puts it above, uh, you know, above a lot of people's uh, ability to play. So, right, legacy really is like gives you the entire breadth of the history of the four of the of the game is accessible and is super competitive and super interactive. And yeah, yeah it's, it's it's fantastic. And I don't know. Like, can you point to a lot of games that have like really stood around and and and, and been around as long as as long as Legacy has? Certainly a- not. Certainly not games that are contemporary. Like you like chess and like Go and like those sure. like, games yeah. that are super old. But like, I can't think of a game that has been developed in my lifetime that's still being played today. I really can't think of one. I mean, I, I can go like talk about my personals that are that are having like they're kind of niche, right? I, I'd say like Starcraft Brood War. Is probably in their Super Smash Bros. Melee. You know those games are like. I mean, you look at the you look at the people that play those games with reverence because they're like mm-hmm. they're just so they're like the originals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and not that they have a lot of attention and there's a lot of action swirling around them, but there are still people out there that play. Yeah. Yeah. You know that are and, and that are across the game. So yeah, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, too, the world's just a big place. There are still people who play Pokemon. Like, Pokemon mm-hmm. is still releasing new sets, and Pokemon actually had just as good a year over COVID, if probably actually even better. Uh, I was hearing from a lot of LGSs that Pokemon sales were actually keeping LGSs in business uh, during That's COVID. awesome. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. awesome. Because there wasn't yeah. just a huge influx because all these people, all these streamers staying at home start buying up Pokemon cards and opening them on stream. <laughs> And it just gets people going. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, there's definitely room in this world for niche hobbies uh, and niche games like Magic or Pokemon or StarCraft or Eve mm-hmm. or, you know, even yeah. actually even like League of Legends at this point. Like League of Legends is over like 10 years old. Dota's mm-hmm. over 10 years old. Like these are games getting a pedigree. And I think we're kind of entering that um, era a little bit where we're not getting sequels anymore. We're just getting in uh, infinity patches. Mm, yeah. Like grand theft auto five came out like five years ago and they're still playing that. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's just kind of where our culture is going a little bit with our entertainment that uh, we're seeing these, you know, for forever franchises. You know what I think is really interesting is it used to be like, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, you'd get off work and you'd go and play golf, right? Or you go to a sporting event. And now I think it's just so much more common for people to get off work and go to a magic event, mm-hmm. get off work and go and do something, go play video games with your friends. You know, like you can be 30 years old and play video games. And that's not weird at all. That's not yeah. even remotely weird. It, it, no. it used to be weird. It used to be a strange yeah. thing, but it's commonplace now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I wonder if that is tied to our declining birth rate in this nation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you have a lot more free time to do cool stuff if you don't have kids. Because I have <laughs> zero free time. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the angle. I thought you were going from another angle. but okay. oh, <laughs> no, sure. no. There's a couple different ways there, but I, I just kind of, I, I want... <laughs> I want the wonder. G right away, guys. Relax. No, it's true. It's true. It's true, though. It's true, though. It is a whole lot easier to have nerd hobbies without kids. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think a part of it is probably like people are more into what they love. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it's about, man. Like, what is fulfilling in your life? Sometimes it's like the things you love to do, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What a- one of my favorite sayings is if you enjoyed the time you spent, you didn't waste it. Mm. And I think that's a big uh, shift that our culture is kind of going through that um, we're not worried about just like wasting time. Like no. it's not just like being a couch potato in front of the TV, you know, get out there and experience the world. It's like, well, you know, this is, this is another world in and of itself as well. Mm. See, Jerry, sayings like that make me feel less bad about whiteboarding cards. See? <laughs> exactly, Jordan. Exactly. If you we, enjoyed the time spent. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel so good. I feel so – I enjoyed so much of the time. And then I post it and I look for the reacts. Oh, spicy <laughs> react. Yes. <laughs> That's actually true. When someone asks you how much your deck is worth, Jordan, you answer with X number of dopamine hits. <laughs> <laughs> actually zero but (laughs) worth its weight and dopamine that's awesome (laughs) oh man Uh, well i guess should we start to wrap it up pat uh yeah yeah um let's uh let's get into scoops and poops jerry scoops who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week jerry uh, I am going to scoop in the awesome bear Airbnb 
that uh, my girlfriend and I went to this past weekend. It was great being one with nature, even though it's full of bugs. <laughs> Definitely poop on daddy long legs. Oh, did I, wait, did I tell you about why I hate daddy long legs? Maybe this will like uh, color it for you. So you will be less judgmental. Did you uncover a nest and it attacked you? Like what happened? No. So my earliest memory in life, the earliest memory I can ever think of is from being in uh, kindergarten, specifically preschool, playing in the sandbox, little Jerry shoveling his sand into a sandcastle shaped pail and then turning the sandcastle tape shaped pail over, tapping it out and making a perfect little sandcastle. And then little asshole Johnny comes up from behind holding holding a daddy long leg spider carefully pinched between his thumb and forefinger and just grabs the collar of my shirt, pulls it and drops the daddy long legs down my back. Oh <laughs> my God. My earliest, earliest childhood memory. And it is absolutely traumatizing. <laughs> so do you hate all spiders or just daddy long legs? All, all spiders kill them. Oh, with a Like oh, resp- man. the response to spiders is a flamethrower. <laughs> That's too bad, Jerry. I'm going to get you a tarantula for our anniversary. Oh, you goddamn dare. <laughs> Don't ever tell people your weaknesses because now, <laughs> now they'll know. It's like it's like you sit down against Jerry. You're playing magic. You're playing spider tribal. You're like, I, I got a surprise like, for you. It was only, Jerry only plays against spider spawning the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, my God. But side story, I was, I was talking to some judges and they were talking about uh, ruling of offensive things. Like, because if something is offensive is subjective. So like, clearly there are some things like if someone has like sleeves, that's just say like, fuck every single sleeve is just like a stylized, like graffiti fuck. It's like, okay, that's not appropriate. You need to get rid of that. And then another judge is like, well, what about if someone just has really realistic tarantula sleeves where every sleeve looks like it has a tarantula on it and your opponent is deathly arachnophobic. Do you make the player re-sleeve their deck? <laughs> Okay. What about whiteboard? <laughs> sleeves, sleeves that make your deck look white bordered. <laughs> I'm actually gonna do that now, Jordan. Jordan. Next time we get paired against each other in a comp REL event, I'm gonna call a judge and say that your deck is offensive and I would like you to switch it out kindly. <laughs> my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh man, but that those are my extra long scoops and poops. <laughs> nice. Uh, how about you, Jordan? Who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? All right, a couple of folks. I'm gonna scoop in my local game store, obviously, Card Kingdom in Ballard and Box Boarding House in Bellevue. You know, huge shout outs to get those tournaments back online and running. Uh, another shout out to uh, Dylan Jupp who's the owner of Geek Fortress. He's going to have the Team Trios event coming up for us in a little bit. And obviously, those are all events that we're looking forward to as Live Magic gets back into play. So those are the people I'd like to scoop into top eight. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to scoop in our newest patron, Derek Toff. Uh, I, I talk, got to talk to him this weekend. He actually picked up one of the cards I was moving on uh, the Sick Deals page. And uh, he said he was a fan of the podcast and said, you know, this is a good time to join the Patreon. He, he hopped in there and uh, want to say thank you for, uh, for joining the Patreon family, man. Much appreciated. Um, that's all I got this week, guys. Uh, Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. It was, as always, awesome to talk to you, man. This time flies by when we have you on. 
Absolutely fun. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And of course, I love talking about legacy and talking to other folks that are as passionate as I am. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on again, Jordan. It was great to talk to you. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks Bye. so much.